Hello and welcome to the Nefesh Sesh podcast. I'm Amy. And I'm Kathy. Nefesh, which is the title of our show, is an extension of a few of our favorite things that we like to do together as friends. We like to study the Bible together and learn as much as we can about how to become healthier humans so that we can better love the other humans in our lives. We invite you to join us as we learn and practice. The music that you hear in the background is from our friends, the Shira Brothers. You can find their music on Apple Music, Spotify, or Amazon Music. You can also follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Shira Brothers. Continuing our conversation on Enneagram types in friendship with two of our friends that identify as Enneagram sevens. If you're just joining us, we'd encourage you to go back and listen to our conversations with our Enneagram eights and nines. But today we are excited to introduce you to um, two of our friends, April and Christine. And we're excited to hear kind of a little bit about what it's like to be an Enneagram type seven from them. So before we introduce them, As we always do, we're going to go over a few basics about Enneagram Type 7s. So Type 7s are called often the enthusiast or the epicure, and that was a new word to me. Um, I had to look that up, and we'll have to see if April and Christine confirm this, but epicure is a person who delights in fine food and drink. So (laughs) I thought that was pretty interesting as as like that is like the title that's sometimes used for that whole type. So their orientation to time is the future. So they're spending time thinking about the future. Uh, Their passion is gluttony, which Kathy will explain a little bit more in a second, but that makes sense um, going with that Epicure uh, description. Their wings, so the the types on either side of them are six and eight. So they'll, they'll tend to lean on one of those two wings. And actually something I learned uh, this week is that a lot of types spend half their life on one of their wings and half of their life on the other, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, so we'll, we'll see what our guests say about that, but, um, their need is to be happy. And so the, the numbers that they move to in security and non-security, so in security, they're moving towards a type five, uh, energy. And then in non-security, they're moving more towards like a type one. And, uh, their lost childhood message is that your needs will be taken care of. Additionally, type sevens are so interested in you and other people. They can enter any situation with a sense of humor. They want to savor everything, which Amy mentioned can be a characteristic of gluttony. They have an insatiable desire to fulfill all experiences and can never have enough. They're so much fun to be around and can be masters of denial. Type sevens can reframe any negative into a positive and can be so charming that they can take their fear of authority of others and turn that into charming whoever they need to charm in order to ensure that they feel safe. They can be inappropriate laughers at real serious events such as funerals. And endings are very hard for sevens. So if they think there is a chance that a relationship with you won't last, they'll figure out a way to escape. Just know If you're in a relationship with a seven, commitment is sometimes your idea, but not theirs. They want the relationship to grow and change and not stay stagnant. If we didn't have sevens in our lives, we would not nearly have as much fun. Thank you, sevens, for the joy you bring to our world. So I want to introduce to you two of our favorite sevens that bring a lot of joy Uh, one of them I work with, and one of them, I guess maybe you could call, maybe she's an in-law. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Somewhere we're connected somehow. Yeah. So Christine is the mother to one of my new favorite (laughs) cousin-in-laws. There you go. Did I get that right? (laughs) Yep. You got it. Okay, so just tell us um, your family situation, Christine, and a little bit about what you do or what you're doing right now. Okay. Um, Well, I have been married for 30 years to a nine, Mm. and I have two children. Uh, The youngest is 23 and the oldest is 27. 
Um, I'm a big dog lover, nature lover. We just, I just like to do all sorts of things. But up until the COVID hit, I was a dog groomer. And yeah, and she's like a dog whisperer too. Are you talking about when I was with Katie and the puppies? Yes. Oh, yeah. She came over and helped me bathe like nine puppies. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, April, um, I have the privilege. Amy and I both have the privilege of working with April. So, April, tell us about yourself. I am April, of course. Um, I am newly remarried. So, I've just been remarried for right at two years. I have five children and four bonus children. I, yeah, I'm busy. <laughs> um, I'm the student information system manager for our local public education. I like to do all kinds of things. I really enjoy being outside, um, sports and uh, just fun leisurely activities, but most all include my children. You can call me the child whisperer, the baby whisperer. <laughs> That's great. We have a dog whisperer and a baby whisperer. All right. Can you each tell us just a little bit about how you found the Enneagram and then how you settled on identifying as a type seven? Well, of course, you know, I first learned about the Enneagram through you, Kathy. And originally I typed as I thought a nine because I do tend to always see the positive side of things, but then after doing, uh, you know, more research and a few more quizzes and then more research, I, I definitely think I'm seven. <laughs> you know, it, it's really hard for me to um, like really get down to what my feelings are. It's hard for me to know my own personal feelings and like, when I read something, I'm like, eh, I don't know if that's really me or not. And then my husband's like, yes, that is. Like, how do you <laughs> not know that's you? And I'm like, okay, then I guess it might be. <laughs> but then after, you know, after a lot of reading, I was like, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, everybody else was like, oh, yeah, you're definitely a seven. I can't believe, <laughs> I can't believe you don't know you're a seven. <laughs> but now, yeah, definitely I'm a seven. Yeah, you know, something I forgot to mention, uh, sevens can be highly competitive. And and so, April, I know that about you. I've had a son that's played on your soccer team, and oh, yeah, she, she can be. Bless his heart. Fierce, fierce. Yeah, busted nose, and I'm like, you good? You good? Let's go back out. <laughs> he goes, yeah, I'm good, coach. He was four. <laughs> 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 yeah so much for that child whisper hey I like to grow them up hard <laughs> and Christine I bet you had a competitive streak with your children too that would be interesting maybe you can tell us about that but yeah we definitely are pretty competitive in this household like you know my son has been known to flip board games if he wasn't winning <laughs> And, uh, and Lizzie, you know, she's pretty competitive. And I would, I would say that I am competitive, but it kind of comes out in different ways sometimes. Like, I don't think it's necessarily dealing with like sports or that kind of thing, but I can get, I can get a little competitive about, you know, different situations like wanting to be the best in whatever I'm doing, you know, that kind of thing. I think we're probably those parents that uh, we don't let our kids win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not winning. You, you've got to beat me if you want to win. I think I was a little easier on my kids on that side. Like, but I think as they've gotten older, you know, we definitely don't. The gloves are off now. If we're if we're doing something, <laughs> I'm going to be as cutthroat as possible. You know. <laughs> but I think I heard about the Enneagram through Lizzie. Actually, when she was in college, she brought it up the first time, and I completely just disregarded it. Like, no, that's a bunch of nonsense. I'm not. No. 
I don't know what number I am. And she would try to peg me and all that other stuff. But this time around when she got interested in it again was when she kind of pulled me into it and I started listening to some of it. And the thing that really helped me settle on the seven was thinking back as to what I was like in my 20s. And how I do have that thing. I'm very future oriented. I'm always planning trips. I'm always like, I don't stay. I have to be really, really thoughtful to stay in the present, which in some ways this whole pandemic thing has been good for me because I can't think about what's in the future because it's so crazy. And so I've had to kind of settle down and find, you know, different avenues of dealing with life because I can't plan as much for the future, you know. That's interesting that you say that because I feel like the pandemic has really, it's helped me be more present. Like, yeah, I'm, you know, I still, I still am like, okay, I've got this project I want to do and I'm, yes. oh. you know, but, but then just, I've been able to just do nothing more than I ever have. Yes, me too. Exactly. Like it is very hard for me to just do nothing. It yeah. is just incredibly hard. Like I'm in the, if you wanted to list my projects, I'm in the middle of repainting my bedroom. I'm redoing a staircase. I'm redoing the flower bed outside. Like there's all these things that I'm doing. But I have been able to just sit and think and sit outside and listen to the birds and just try to kind of just think about where I am and what do I really want going forward from this? What am I going to take out of this that's going to be beneficial to me? That's going to, it might change the way that, you know, my future looks because I've had so much time to think and to realize that I don't need as much external forces, I guess, is what I would say. You know, we haven't been going out to eat and trying all the new restaurants and, you know, going this place and going that place. But we've kind of brought that in and learned how to still have fun, just the two of us or with my son, you know, so. Yeah, I think that's uh, one thing that we'll all definitely take away that I hope we don't forget once all this crazy mess is over, because it will be, keep thinking that. But yeah, I think that's a sentiment that we all have. Just being present has been refreshing. Yeah, I, that reminds me of, uh, you know, when when we first were quarantined, you know, everybody was just so upset. And I kept thinking, Think of the what greatness can come from this. We mm. can actually be at home. Like we can, you know, we can, this isn't, it's not a problem. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to spend more time with your family and just, you know, just be in your own head and figure stuff out and watch all those shows you didn't get to watch. <laughs> mm. Like I, I love to find the positive side to everything. Because there is one. There always is. Right. Why dwell on the negative? You can't do anything about it. That's exactly right. Well, I've really needed y'all the past three weeks. <laughs> Where have y'all been? <laughs> oh, love it. I love that so much. Everybody needs a seven. Yeah. So um, we mentioned earlier about leaning on, on your wings and so for y'all, what do you feel like is the most dominant, at least in this part of your life? Is that six or eight? Six, definitely. I think it's, I've always leaned on six most of the time. What about for you, April? Uh, I definitely am on the eight side because uh, just the, just the planning projects and, um, like I, I just, I'm there most of the time. Um, if I'm planning a project before the first one's over, I have probably four or five going all the time. 
I mean, I'll, I will sit on the couch and I'll say, I really feel like I need to be doing something. Like I'm just sitting here. I really feel like I need to be up doing something. Like it, so it's hard for me just to not like I wake up and I'm like, all right, what am I going to do today? <laughs> like I'm, I'm going to do this, this, yes. Let's get a load of mulch. <laughs> Let's start working on the landscaping. My husband, my husband is like, oh, oh man, can we just wait till next weekend? <laughs> I'm like, no, it's a perfect day. <laughs> Let's go get it done. Oh, bless his heart. <laughs> yeah, so eights have the most energy of any of uh, the types. So that's interesting. April, you're a force to be reckoned with. And so, you know, it's it's so sevens with a six wing are so interesting to me because it's almost like you contradict yourself. Do you find that, Christine? <laughs> yeah, I would say so, yeah. Because... I don't, the, the reason I think I identified with the six so much on that part is because of the stories, the little, the things, Lizzie does this where like, you'll be driving and all of a sudden you're like, what if I go off in this ditch? And then, you know, there's an accident and there's this and this, I, you know, my husband can be late from work and I'm like already halfway down, you know, he's coming in late and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what's happened? And then you start going down this path of like, and I'll be practically planning the funeral. I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like, it will just take off and just go with me. And I'm just like, that's a weird thing because mm. on one hand, I'm super adventurous, but I can see all the things that could go wrong. And that's sometimes... That didn't start stopping me until I was in my 40s. Like, I would still go on and do things and not worry about all the fears and stuff. But as I got into 40s and had a few adventures or misadventures where things could have been really bad, then that's when I kind of, that's why I say I think I lean on that six quite a bit. Hmm. So you think that possibly your six is even more dominant now than it was when you were in your 20s? Yes. I don't think it was very dominant when I was in my 20s. So you could have had an eight wing. That's true. Earlier. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. didn't know again. I wish I would have. No, but. You know, actually that could be because eights can be kind of forthright, I guess you could say. And mm -hmm. I might have ruined a few friendships from being very you know well this is what I think kind of thing you know well yeah. and sevens are in that aggressive stance too you know and so I think that is similar to the eight you know stance there <laughs> um yeah. so that kind of moves us into um talking a little bit more about friendship and you mentioned that Christine about you know maybe some challenges there what do you feel like is for you like why is friendship important to you is that something that you value pretty highly just tell us a little bit more about kind of what role friendship has in your life and and why that is is important or is not important to you so when I was reading your list this was the hardest question. I hated this question, mm. but it is, you know, I'm, I don't know if it's because I'm also kind of an introvert, but I, it's like, I have a lot of acquaintances, but I don't have really outside of my family, anybody that I would call a really true deep friendship with. And, you know, I don't know if that, you know, was due to things that happened in my, you know, 18 to 22 years, or if that is just, you know, the way that I am. But I like, in a friendship, I can, I can give enough of myself for them to feel like I'm genuinely interested in them and what's going on. 
and I can kind of share a little bit, but there is a stopping point there that you are not going to get in that inner circle. And there's very few people that are truly, truly in my inner circle that I have shared everything with. I mean, that's just the way that I am. I mean, I don't know. I don't really know why that is, but it's, that was a really hard question for me. So I would definitely say that maybe if I wasn't married and I did not have his friendship, maybe I would be seeking that more. But I think that I have such a good relationship with my husband and he is kind of, you know, that cheesy, he's my best friend kind of thing that um, I really don't seek it. Now that I say this, I really don't seek it that much. I really don't seek friendship that much. And I think some of it comes from not wanting to feel obligated, which is Mm. a terrible admit, but you know, like I am, I, I don't like that feeling of like having to do something that I don't really want to do. So that non-committal. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, any relationship, whether it's a spouse or, you know, just a friendship, it takes so much work, you know, right. and, and there is a lot of obligation and there is a lot of commitment and yeah. So as adults, as we get busy, it just makes it harder. And then you kind of mar that up with kids and a job and, you know, lots of other things. Yeah. It makes right. it more difficult. So April, you've been nodding your head. Oh, I'm sorry, Christine, I interrupted. No, I was just gonna no, you go right ahead. I was just I was just thinking, you know, that it's just that's just the way I feel. Like it's not like I don't enjoy people's company and going and doing things, but I don't get a lot of need. Like I, I can be more self-sufficient, I guess. I don't know. Right. So like at the end of the day, you know, when you go home to your family, like that's, that's still fulfilling your needs yeah. for you. Okay. That's fascinating. Yeah. What about you, April? Yeah. So I just want to say, wow, because, uh, I, I was really scared about this question. I was, I was, uh, this was the hardest question for me as well. And everything that she said is exactly accurate for me as well. I, I, I have a lot of friends, um, acquaintance, acquaintances, I can't speak, but honestly, um, I, I'm the same exact way. I, I love having friends, but they have to be able to be flexible. So I don't have, I don't have one person. I don't have, except for my husband, I don't really I don't have a person that I talk to once a week or once a day or, you know, I don't have, and I don't want it. And that, (laughs) and I don't want that. (laughs) Not that that sounds horrible, but it is the, like she said, it's the commitment. Um, Not that I don't love them because I have a lot of friends. (laughs) It sounds so harsh. It really does. But the flexibility for me is that, um, when somebody says, Hey, do you want to go do something? Um, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. But to get in depth into like my down deep me there, there's a barrier and I don't know why, but it's really hard for me to open up. And my friends are extremely flexible. (laughs) So that is, that's very very key and and uh, they're loyal I mean as far as being non non-judgmental you know not you know if I haven't talked to you in two or three months you're you're not mad at me because I haven't texted or called and and I and honestly I'm uh, you know it even for um you know I have a group of friends that I went to high school with and we're, we are very close. They've known me for a very long time. Um, and you know, we go out once every three or four months, like birthdays and stuff like that. Um, 
but other, but I just, it's not one of those relationships where I will text and just talk random and I just don't, I don't, I don't know why that is, but everything that she said was, um, I'm like shaking my head, like, holy cow, I cannot, I was so afraid that I was going to be a weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's been so fun, I think, about when we've been doing these is like getting people who don't know each other that are the same type and they're like, Oh my gosh, someone yeah. understands me. That's I was like, cool. Lizzie's mom. Yes. <laughs> Thank we'll you. send y'all each other's contact information later. <laughs> well, I, will, I probably will never email. <laughs> but if I come to Tennessee and we happen to be, we'll hang yes. out. <laughs> yes. We will do that. that I love I- that flexibility. <laughs> well I was just gonna say you know what's interesting is you know I thought I was a seven once and one thing that I learned when I thought I was a seven um about sevens is that uh sometimes when they are vulnerable or they want to show their vulnerable side that other people are like whoa 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 you're the good time friend I I don't want to into anything that you want to talk about that's real deep so have you experienced that at all yeah definitely yeah definitely yeah so I wonder if there's like maybe some wounds there like you know where I, I can't speak for either of you but where you know at one time you opened up and that's not been received because Listen, that is my last question, okay? We can't skip ahead. Hey, we're having to go off script here because you guys are so unique, which is great. We love that. Yeah, and hey, Amy's wanting to do some psychotherapy. We said no tears. They've already told us they were not crying. Oh, no. It's, yeah, it's not going to (laughs) happen. I don't even know what question we're on, Amy. This is unprecedented. <laughs> this is great. I'm loving it. So um, I just wonder, like, ha- does that cause conflict? Like, there might be somebody that's, like, that you hang out with that, like, is is not a seven and is like, man, you know, I'd love to really, you know, dive deeper with April or Christine. And, and like, does that ever cause conflict when you're kind of like, I mean, I like hanging out, but I just wonder what that dynamic is like. You know, I think it's, but see, I think what happens is that I can give just enough that I feel comfortable, that I can expose this little tiny thing over here, but you're not going to get to the bigger stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't understand what I'm saying. That's what I think that it's almost like, it's not that you're not being genuine because you are, you're like, you are kind of sharing an experience. It just may not be the most in depth or most hurtful thing that's ever happened to you or, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I I don't really know. I think it's just that I don't remember really having any problems in any of my relationships where they were upset with me because I wouldn't talk about something, but I think that's because they don't think there's anything there. Oh, okay. (laughs) So they think, you know, your life's fabulous and bubbly and happy Hmm. and optimistic. Hmm. And so they're more about telling you about what's going on with them and expecting the optimistic you know, response. Yeah. And how do you, has like, is that something that you tend to like, do you enjoy that? Um, when people are bringing their stuff to you, April shaking her head. No, (laughs) Well, it depends. It depends on, you know, okay. So if it's my mom or, you know, like direct family, then, you know, that's my job to be there for them. Um, sometimes when it's 
one of my friends, I will see it on my phone. I'll be like, oh, no. <laughs> and then I look at my husband and I'm like, should I answer it? I know what this is. Should I answer it? I'm not going to answer it. <laughs> uh, and then sometimes I just suck it up and answer it anyway. And, you know, I'm always glad that I do just because right. I, I know that some, you know, some people need to talk. I mean, I have one, I have one friend in particular that, you know, she doesn't need me very often, but when she does, I answer the phone and I talk about whatever's going on and, and it's, uh, difficult. <laughs> uh, um, it's, um, uh, but I'm also like that person. I'm like, okay, well, you know, even though this, this, and this happened, think about the positive of this, what's going to come from this, you know, you've learned this about the person. So now you know what you're looking at. You know, I'm always like, you know, think about the, the brighter side of what's going on. You don't, you know, you don't have to wonder anymore. You know, it's all, and it's usually a relationship issue. Um, Do you think that's why we have such strong boundaries about not letting people in because they expect us to give so much all mm. to them i wonder well um, I, think, I think so because we don't ever give it if i ever give in the past if i have ever given a, a lot of myself if i've been that vulnerable it's been really bad i mean it is to the point where i'm about to break like literally about to go insane about to break have a panic attack i don't know but that's really only happened one time <laughs> maybe twice but i mean other than that i'm always the one that you know i'm always the one that they come to me and like what would you do here and this is what's going on and and i'm the pat i'm i'm the person that pats on the back and i'm like well it sucks you know but look at it this way Right. You know, it's funny. When I was in college, one of my courses, it was creative writing or something, one of those first classes in college. And I remember um, the teacher talking about thinking outside the box. And I thought, I do that all the time. <laughs> like, right. This is going to be an easy course. But for a lot of people, they are in their own little tiny box and they can't see out at all. But I'm always like, well, look at it this way. What if this right. person, you know, think about what they've had to deal with. Think about what, what they're, what's going on in their life. You know, people are not perfect. So think about it different ways and, and try not to be so, you know, closed minded. You know, you're not the only person that's had this or that issue. So you yeah. can almost take that like big picture perspective. I think that's really special about sevens. Would you agree with that, Christine? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I think the advice that I've always given has always been more of the, along those same lines where you're like, well, don't look at it this way, you know try to come at it from a different angle or, you know, here's your, here's your choices kind of, thing. you know, like if you're not happy in this situation, this is, you know, kind of your choices, I guess, you know, where you're just, you're trying to help them see different ways that they might, you know, choose to be happier or, you know, and it can get tricky because then you're, you know, then you feel this weight of responsibility if, you know, if you're giving advice to someone and trying to be like, oh, you're, you know, the cheerleader and everything and then things don't work out or they don't, you know, then you can feel a little responsible. So you worry about whether or not you're giving correct advice or not? Yes, I do. When it's in really serious situations. Yeah. 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 See, I think that's where my eight wing comes out because I don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> you I'm know you're like, right. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm right. 
Now, <laughs> you know, it's something that I, that I have always told my kids and because um, I have older kids and now I have younger kids, but something I have always told them was that you can only control yourself. If you control yourself and do what you need to do, then everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about what other people do. Don't worry about what they say. You control yourself. That's just the way it is. So I, I don't know. Yeah, my, that's my eight wing coming out for sure. So we had you guys do a spiritual gift assessment. So do you mind sharing that? What was your top um, spiritual gift that you have and how you think that correlates with your type? Let's talk through that. So, Christine, what was your top spiritual gift? It was wisdom. Uh, you're going to have to say the word for me because it was the second one. And I don't, exhortation. Ex- yep. Yep. Okay. That's right. Uh-huh. Exhortation. And then what, I didn't write the third one down. It's somewhere else downstairs. It was, do they, were they in order? Because Yes, they were in order. So wisdom was your first one? Yes, was the first one. The exhortation was the second and whatever the third one was. Okay. Uh, that's interesting that wisdom was your first one and then you reported to us that you people come to you for advice and you're pretty comfortable with giving advice. And it sounds like you're cautious about that too, which is really important with wisdom, right? Not that you're just kind of spouting off what you think, that you're a little bit more cautious with that. April, what was your top spiritual gift? Faith. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, I think that, I mean, because I do believe things work out for, you know, they work out how they're supposed to because I have faith. And that I think that's one reason why, uh, you know, for a seven, I'm always looking at the the brighter side or, uh, well, you know, don't look at it this way. Look at it this way. There are not, there, there are no problems, just opportunities. So I have faith it's going to work out regardless of what happens. Yeah. So Amy, can you explain exhortation? I would say exhortation is like you guys were talking about being cheerleaders, um, for people. And I think that's, really unique and I think that's exactly what exhortation is um is is being able to cheer people on right and cheering them on to take action you know when people are coming to you and they're saying hey here's what's going on and you know you're giving them hey here's your options and encouraging them that they can do something about that that was my number three okay interesting so um if you were speaking to people who maybe want to be your friend or are your friends or are your acquaintances, um, based on like what we've already talked about, what would you like want those people to know about like how to love you well? Oh, wow. Outside of your family, how, how do, how do people, how can people love on you? Well, you can't be too critical of me. <laughs> um, you and the thing about like, don't get offended if I, if you invite me to something and I say, yeah, I'll be there. And then, you know, the day of, I'm like, mm, not feeling it, you know, sorry, just going to stay in and drink my coffee. Like, it really doesn't have anything to do with you personally it really doesn't it's just what I'm feeling at that moment and a lot of times if I push through that and I go I'll have a good time but it's really for me it's it's that flexibility thing like she was talking about the friendship it has to be flexible it's just because it can just take so many different directions you know I just might not be feeling it that day (laughs) So don't, I guess that's what it is, is don't put so much expectations on our friendship. Was that, is that a good way of explaining that? Sure. I think that's perfect. Yeah. What about you, April? Yeah. I like that. Um, I thought it was very accurate um, because, and I agree with the, you know, don't be, don't be judgmental or critical because 
it, it sends me into the stress mode, which is type one, but it's not a, it's not a good one. Yeah. It's the, um, you know, I just beat myself up kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, the flexibility is extremely important and, and, um, patience, uh, understanding that, you know, I love all of my friends and, and it, it has nothing to do with them. It's just like she said, it's literally how I feel. And I agree. There have been times that I've just pushed through and just went and I'm so glad I did, but to get myself to that point where, you know, that I actually go. And then on the flip side, there are times that, you know, we, I, you know, I or my friends have had something planned. We've had, you know, whoever it is, we've had something planned and then it gets canceled. I'm like, why, why are they canceling on me? <laughs> like, I'm so upset this didn't happen. <laughs> hey, I have an invisible ink question. But the good news is it's not about you. It's about other people. So I know we're not supposed to type other people, but I just want you to think about the friends that you have or even like your some of your family relationships. I was thinking about what you said about sevens needing friends that are really flexible. And I was trying to think of the most flexible Enneagram type that could feel comfortable in a relationship like that. And so I'm just curious. I know Christine, you're married to a nine. And April, if you know the if you know types, your your friends types, what are their types? Which which people are you in relationship with and, and what's their type? You don't have to tell me names. I'm just wondering. I'm just curious. Well, my husband is a three and we get along well because he um he's determined as you know, cause we both, if we set goals, we're determined to get them done. He's just not as energetic. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny cause I, I would have to say that my best friend is probably an eight. Eh, it's difficult. I can say the numbers that I, I think I probably get along with the least is easier for me than trying to pick out Let's hear them. We've already gone real juicy. So tell us <laughs> who's, who's hard for you to get along with. <laughs> Ones and fours are hard for me to get along with. Wow. And those are on your lines. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, honestly, now that you, now that you say that, because you know, when, when this, when I first started reading on this, um, you know, I, I just, I have forgotten a lot of what the other numbers are, but I have one friend that is definitely a four and that is probably the most difficult. Like, I, I don't know the temperamental. Yeah. Uh, that I can't, I can't deal with. I can't deal with that. <laughs> I, know. Yeah. I can't either. <laughs> I'm just like, that's, pro that's probably the one that I'm looking at going, am I answering this or not? I, I don't think I'm going to answer this call. I'll call her back tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe it'll have blown over by then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She'll be calm tomorrow. I'll call her tomorrow. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, because you don't like to deal with feelings. It really that makes perfect sense. sense. Yeah. No, not at all. And so the ones, so you go to ones in stress. So maybe you see like the low side of one, those characteristics, and maybe you see that in yourself? Is it yeah. reflect back to you? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Amy, that reminds me of my saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, this, was my, this was my saying in high school, uh, you know, probably senior year. You never let them see you cry. You never let them, let them see you pee. <laughs> <laughs> I still live by that motto. <laughs> hey, there's a lot we could uncover there, but if we had more time. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Y'all didn't bring your tissues, though, so. We'll do that next season. Okay, <laughs> so we always ask, what's one thing that you've done lately that's been brave or courageous? So, Christine, what's one thing you've done? <laughs> well, I could say coming on this podcast <laughs> would be one. <laughs> you know, 
it's really hard. Like I don't feel like there's anything that I do that's overly courageous or brave or yeah. I'm really wanting to move. Does that count? As being that brave? really counts. I mean, you've lived, you've lived in Texas for how long? A long time. Well, we've lived in Katy for 18 years. Yeah, that's a big brave move. Sure. I can't wait. I cannot wait. We can't wait to have you in Tennessee. <laughs> what about you, April? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> oh, good. Well, it was a no, I'm just kidding. Well, you know, Amy was trying to jump ahead to that earlier. <laughs> you got a whole list prepared for No, us. no, no, no. You know, like Christine, I am just uh like when this question first when I saw this, I thought, How am I gonna answer that? I don't really have any I don't really have anything. But it just so happened that um uh, just this past weekend, I actually did, you know, I had a moment where I made myself extremely vulnerable by telling someone about some things that happened to me when I was a child and that, that, uh, I will not go into. <laughs> That's season three. Cutting that off right now. But I, I did, I made myself extremely vulnerable because I was, um, you know, I just, I had a tug from the Holy Spirit and it was something that I, I felt like that I needed to share. I hoped it would help a situation. And then, you know, it, it, and, and then at the same time, the whole point was to say, you know, I've been through this. Your situation is nowhere near this bad. Look on the bright side. It could be so much worse. So we have to still follow God's law, just move on. And, but it wasn't, it re wasn't received like I hoped it would, but it's still, it's kind of open wound just because I made myself vulnerable like that and it didn't pan out. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm going to look on the brighter side and think, well, it's in it's in thoughts and it's in prayers now. So hopefully that it works its way open. I really like that. It, I would say in the last year, now I'm 50, 52. <laughs> in the last year, I revisited trauma that happened to me at like 18, 19. That by everyone else's standards is like you said, we're not going to go into it, but it was definitely trauma. And I just had never, I just, even when it happened, it was just like, I just flipped a switch was just kept on going. And yeah. it wasn't until this year, this past year that I actually, you know, sat down and looked at it and felt those emotions. And that was really hard. And I shared it with my husband and my two adult children. And, but that was, that was something that was really, really hard to do. And of course, we'll never talk about it again. It's over and done nope. with. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but it, I, I think the reason that I shared it with them at that point, well, my husband knew about it earlier, but we delved into it a little deeper. Um, but I think that I wanted my children to understand sometimes why I'm the way that I am, you know, and yeah. why things that they may not understand might be kind of triggers for me. You know, I think that's why I shared it. And I think, you know, that that's probably the most vulnerable I've been in 30 something years. <laughs> so and I'm trying to be healthier. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll just, and I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> I'm taking over the podcast now. <laughs> hey, this is great. Amy and I, we haven't had to do a thing. Let's <laughs> kick back. Well, Christine, you said that um, whenever it happened to you, you just went on. And yes. I think that is, I think that's amazing because I did the same thing. Like, I, I you know, I just, to me, it was just like, you know what? What happened absolutely stinks, but my personality is that I'm going to go above and beyond. I'm working past this. I'm going to 
this isn't going to hold me back. Right. And, and I'm not going to dwell on it. No, I didn't. Everyone is forgiven. I'm still going to do what I need to do and be yeah. the best person I can be. But, and I find so many times though, that, you know, like the, the situation I was talking about where, you know, what, what, when I made myself vulnerable and it wasn't received, um, I think it goes back to uh, personality, you know, just right, personality. Right. But I would, I could see that that would be so, 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 so hurtful for a seven, even though you're not really talking about it because that's yeah. not something we do. Like, and for it to be shut down. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard for anybody to be vulnerable. Yeah, it is. And in the past, whoever you shared that with, if they had done that to me, that would be it. Our relationship would be over. It would be, you were not, you are no longer even in the outer bubble, you know? Yeah, it will be hard. It will be hard. I will persevere, but it will be hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like we should have margaritas now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's go. That was great. Um, we really got into it for y'all to have said that you, you know, shy away from vulnerability. This has been probably the most vulnerable um, that we've had for our types yet. So thank you. Um, yeah, I'm going to go throw up now. <laughs> oh, I don't cry. Great. I throw up. Oh, <laughs> this was, this was great. So, and, and thank you for um, committing to this and for showing up even if you didn't feel like it this evening. So we just so appreciate that. If you're listening and you enjoyed our conversation, reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook and let us know. Uh, we always love to hear your feedback. And uh, next time we'll be talking with some of our friends that are Enneagram type sixes. And so subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and go be brave rageous today. Thanks, April and Christine. Thank you, Thank you guys. There's a